0: So Lionel Messi wins his sixth Ballon d'Or out on his own, never done before and the great debate will still rage and fair, let it ring but please indulge me a moment for an ode to the king. See for me, it's not always about losing or winning it's about players that can instantly start my heart singing and it's not unreal statistics that set them apart but the fact that the game is not science, it's art. I'm talking Totti, Joaquin, Aymar, Ronaldinho, Raquel May, Guti, Nedved, Janino, but the finest of them all, the Queen Bee the sacred cow wears the number 10 shirt at Barcelona's camp now skipping dancing laughing through tackles see as he scampers away electricity crackles round his feet and opposition can only applaud and sigh as the ball hits the net and both hands point to sky creator finisher playmaker technician artist poet wizard magician this is a player who it seems on repeat makes me gasp inhale reach the edge of my seat who defies logic and gravity physics and law and leaves me scrabbling for words simply in awe it's not about clutch or stats or winning and defeat but the fact that most weeks my heart skips a beat as he continues to redefine impossible and not with a twirl a drop shoulder a free kick a snapshot and this won't be a shock no cradles have rocked a poet loves a poet pretends to be shocked but i thought it would be remiss unfair to let pass a chance to raise a toast to simply raise a glass to a man who continues to make the game sing long may he reign Long live the king.
1: That was good, mate. That was really good. I like that. That was really good. It was, yeah. We told us to get excited and I wasn't sure we would, but... That was good.
0: Really pleased. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to your very own award-nominated BR Football Ranks. My name is Jack Collins, and with me, fresh home in London from the Ballon d'Or ceremony last night, Mr. Sam Tai, Mr. Dean Jones. Oi, oi. Hello, mate.
1: Boys, how was it, apart from being really tired, and fair play to you, battling through tonight. I'm not as tired as I normally am, because I had a night without a two-year-old kicking <laughs> me in bed, so it was fine. But, um, look, Messi got... His crown back um, and by point three percent. Yeah, just Ooh. edges.
0: How tight was that?
1: Virgil yeah. van Dyke out the way. Um, it was good. It was really interesting um, to be part of it. It's probably not as glamorous as people would think that these events are, but. Um, yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, they're tough. They're tough on the on the knees, the ankles, the feet. Not standing around. The, the, that, back, the lower that's back. That's just your height, mate. Yeah, Dean yeah. was yeah, fine. It me. is. Yeah,
2: uh, it's yeah. You, it's it is not as glamorous as you'd like to believe. We were not let into the ceremony, uh, which is fair enough because it was a really nice place. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> have let you in. Yeah, so I wouldn't have let me in either. We're and uh, we were backstage, literally behind the wall of the back of the stage, and you could hear the noises coming through. And as each um, as each player was given an award, they had to pass through. Uh, a little mini red carpet at the mix zone where we were waiting, waving a microphone and elbowing people out of the way, and we got the opportunity to to speak to a few people, uh, which was really cool. That place, that room, is an absolute mess. It is it is, car- it is carnage. Yeah. Yeah. It is animalistic. Um, when Mister Lionel Messi walked past, there was like a tidal wave of it was- limbs. He yeah. nearly went under. I had to pull him out. I was crushed. But not before I took a selfie with Messi in the background, which was fantastic. Well done. Uh, but the highlight for us,
1: we spoke, we spoke to Virgil van Dijk. News story, news story. News flash, world exclusive, big up ranks. <laughs> we got it. What, we did we, it. Dino, what did we promise? We promised. I said weeks ago, we will get the answer. When the we'll Anfield, get to the bottom of it. Yeah, when the Anfield wrap came on, we said, OK, this season, we will find out. Does Virgil van Dyke wear aftershave for match days? We have now asked the man himself whether he does indeed. Look, by the way, Sam is great in mix zones because he's, he's like an oak tree in the middle of the place. Nobody can hang get around to him. him. <laughs> I'm like, get at the front. Don't let anybody else ask a question. Sam asks two normal questions to Virgil van Dyke, loads of other journalists clinging on to every word, and then roll the tape. Hello. Virgil. Hello. Hello. Earlier this year, you said that Messi
2: should win the Ballon d'Or I'm as long though, as you he uh, plays.
3: Uh,
2: do you think maybe that could have backfired
3: here for you uh, in terms of this award? Why should I lie about it? You know, it's, he's uh, the Ballon d'Or speaks for itself. He's it's a sixth, obviously. Uh, he had a fantastic season, but so so that we at Liverpool. So that that's why we were nominated with so, such a such a high number. And in the end, uh, yeah, the journalists make the decision, and you have to accept it. So, talking of that season, you had an incredible year. You didn't win. How do you go one further next year? Like, what do you have to do? No, it doesn't work like that. You know, for me, it's... Um, obviously, last season was fantastic. And I've raised the bar. You know, I put like high expectations for myself. That's what, for example, Mo did as well in his uh, in this, in this, in this first season. And you have to deal with it. And for me, it's, I'm not looking at those things. I want to perform. I want to do well as I can <coughs> for the team achieve as much as possible win as much as possible trophy wise as well and you know be, and, and, and enjoy with this group of players because we have a fantastic team and uh, it's a joy to be playing with them one more question troy deaney said you tr- you wear aftershave while you
2: play and i actually Oxley chamberlain told me that you don't can we please get to the bottom of
3: this we- to training you mean no in games no, i don't i don't spray in games though. i'm not gonna spray in, in games to be fair but I like to like to smell normal and nice because you know it's it's just hygiene. <laughs> there we go. There we go. We did it. We We've did done it.
0: it. He doesn't. Should we just finish?
1: He doesn't. He just naturally smells really nice. Well, but unless it's like lingering from training the day before or just when he's put it on in the morning, but like he doesn't have a fresh spray for match days. So Troy Deeney, maybe a liar. Maybe we don't. Just, yeah, we can't say for maybe sure. Maybe someone else is putting it on his shirt. He doesn't even. Maybe it's a it. natural odor. Like, I mean, I did ask Sam. I said if you ask him. Smell him afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I
2: drew the line, and by the way. It's, it's, fair, it's also, also not a
1: good representation because at Agala like, he's probably going to be
0: wearing a little bit and he,
2: and he said, like, obviously I wear aftershave, but I just don't wear it on match day. So I said to Dino, like, there's no point in me smelling him, not only because it's just ridiculous, but also because the only fair <laughs> yeah, you've test... You've asked
1: him at this point if he wears <laughs> yeah. aftershave on game days. Nothing is ridiculous. Yeah, but game the on. only fair test is to get on the pitch with him <laughs> and be like, Wait! <laughs> Jack, were you excited when we texted you? We've
0: said Mate, honestly, I've you know I was obviously running the accounts. I was like, I was like, pause, pause everything, <laughs> make sure that we get this out. And this is it. This is the notice. But squad, that was for you, exclusive.
2: It's, and it really, it, was, it really was for you. I was very nervous leading up to my third question. It I was, was. Like, I was
1: like dry swallowing, and it was like my, my mouth was drying up, and Dean could see it. as well. I was looking he... at him thinking because we'd had a chat before. I was like, if we get Van Dyke, I was like, right, get there. You also, those last going to, go to twist and hit him with the third one, and like I was like looking at, I was like. There's a lot of journalists around. It was like, is he going to have the bottle to actually go through of asking this but question? Like, I can see him gulping. Like English, like <laughs> English media around, and like people that come from like Senegal, Egypt.
2: There was some Mauritanian media there. Huge, and they were all there waiting for. They got. They wanted to ask news
1: questions with
0: Van Dyke, and they got me ruining yeah. their evening. Good, well but done, Rank Squad. This is what we do for you. Yeah. This is the this is the big stuff. Yeah. these are the world exclusives. Podcast agenda all. It wasn't all that though we did actually do some other interviews did you spoke some- to some more award winners the first ever recipient of the Yashin Trophy for the best goalkeeper in the world Mr. Allison Becker mm-hmm. and Copper Trophy winner Matthias De
2: so who fell over as he walked past? Yeah, just, You're
0: taller than me as well. This is I, news.
2: This is uh, this is confirmed. I'm taller than Matisse Lict. I'm also better at walking than Matisse Lict because so is everyone. But the sounds <laughs> of it <'cause laughs> he's quite clumsy on the pitch. He, these he days. took a he, he took a proper stumble uh, round round the corner of the of where we were just just as he was heading to maybe he saw me and was intimidated yeah maybe and just, just bottled it. Cool. I mean that's that's what rule that out no. Uh, but he nearly threw that copper trophy
0: through the red carpet. They've uh, changed the trophy as well. It's no longer a massive tree. Yeah, which is. A, which is a a shame really because I've thought that Trevor was class
2: I agree I really liked it they, they all got sort of because his looked a lot
0: like Alison's. they look quite generic yeah let's hear what Alison and Matthias had to say to be our football ranks
1: what's the hardest thing about being a goalkeeper everything is hard to, to be
2: a goal, a goalkeeper to, to be fair uh, but we always need to be
3: focused if you work uh, if you are busy in a game or if you don't sometimes you need just to make one save per game sometimes you do nothing sometimes
2: you you make 10 saves but you need to be to have your best level to help your teammates also and what's the best thing about being a goalkeeper best thing uh, is the thing that I love to do Uh, I feel feel happy and I feel blessed to 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 have my my profession uh, as a football player as a goalkeeper Uh, it's something to make me proud to something who make my family happy something who makes me happy and makes
3: me be be better as a person
2: it's a big prize and I'm really happy with that but uh, yeah I just try to improve every day and see where where it ends do you think uh, another defender can win this trophy in the future
3: of course it's possible Uh, maybe tonight we will
2: see what does a defender have to do nowadays to win the Ballon d'Or because it seems so attacker focused yeah what to do Uh, I think that uh, Virgil showed this year Van Dijk uh, what you have to do is you defend and then uh, you have to see uh, what the journalists are voting I want to ask you about your greatest influences in football, and I guess maybe Virgil van Dijk could be one of them. Can you give me your three biggest influences in football?
3: Uh, yeah, of
2: course. Uh, yeah, obviously van Dijk is a big, big, is a big, a big, uh, is a big, uh, big example for me. Um, he, he learns me a lot. He teaches me a lot. And uh, yeah, of course, in Juventus you have also a lot of big, big players like Chiellini, like Bonucci. They also help me a lot. So I'm really, really happy with those examples.
0: Welcome back to BR Football Ranks. That was the Ballon d'Or 2019. Let's move things forward, Sam. Let's talk Ballon d'Or 2020. Now, this is wildly too early, mostly because 2020 hasn't started yet. But yeah. but you look at this, you want to talk about the players that are going to be in the mix next year. Of
2: course. Cool. I, I always laugh at this assignment. This is the second year in a row I've, I've, I've had to do this. On the whistle. It's like... <laughs> It's There's like a match report. Nothing, match nothing anyone does counts towards the award until January the 1st. And we're like, right, who's going to win it?
0: We're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, wow. all that aside, it's
2: I'm what the your people top want.
1: Five. Yeah.
0: It is what the people want. I want your top five candidates for the Ballon d'Or 2020. Let's go. Okay, right. Um, number five, you're going to go, what are you on about?
1: Antoine Griezmann. <laughs> Good one. What was number five? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually okay with this shout it's well, the banter so, era 2020 why aren't you okay with this shout because he's playing not very well agree but uh,
2: he's, only, he's got a month he's to figure it out he's got a month to out. fix that out <laughs> um, if, right, so basically you're going you're gonna to figure out like a very common criteria for this which is like opportunities to win trophies um, for the top players. That is what's going to shape a Ballon d'Or. So you look at Virgil van Dijk there losing by 0.3%. That is because he won the Champions League, because he won a series of individual, individual awards as well on the back of his excellent performances. But most importantly... And the UEFA
0: Super Cup, please don't forget.
2: Sorry, and the UEFA Super Cup. But like, these players need to be in a position to win these trophies because that's, that's half the battle. Mm. other bit is the fact that they're a superstar. And Griezmann is... He is a superstar. He may not look like one anymore. because no, looks, I like his hair. He looks like he spent time in a Spanish cave and doesn't have a, an official address anymore. <laughs> I but, think he looks quite cool. But, yeah. he's, but he is still a very good footballer. Oh, he's yeah. currently not really showing that because the, he's not really meshing with Barcelona, which is why at the moment this is such a bold call. But if you believe that he is essentially an elite-tier player, which he, he more or less is, I would oh, say. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Um Then you look at the opportunity for him to basically just figure this out with Messi and figure out how to mesh into this team, which is not out of the realm of possibility. Then you look at the fact that France go into Euro 2020 as an absolute powerhouse. And you think, well, hang on a minute, Griezmann could win win Euro 2020 with with France and he could easily win the Champions League and La Liga with Barcelona. So you look at 2018, he got the third most votes in the Ballon d'Or stage. Yes, he did, yeah. That's because he won the World Cup with France and he was really good. Like This is really important and Griezmann is that kind of player who can parlay these opportunities with his teams into an individual award. He's at fifth. Obviously, I haven't got him as a direct
0: frontrunner, but if this falls together for him, this is on. If he wins the Champions League, La Liga and Euro 2020, it'd be very difficult to overlook him. It'd be very, very hard. Very hard. Also, there are glimpses now. That the I you know I, yeah. I agree with you that that trident isn't working yet, but there are glimpses now. The one where they all scored a week. Well, they're and playing a they're, bit
1: differently. That's why.
0: But they're also they also seem to be starting to get on with one another. You know, Griezmann came out and and did a thing which is quite unlike Antoine Griezmann. He did some humble things. Wow. He came out Didn't and call he, himself a legend. Yeah, he, he came out and he was like, look, I I don't know whether I don't quite know how to work with this system. Yeah, he, he can't dribble. Yeah, he was like, I think he was saying in comparison to Messi, which is <laughs> fair enough. Um, yeah. But you know the way that he's come out I and mean, been like I'm not quite sure when to shoot and when to pass I, I don't know how to dribble in this team you know like we said right at the beginning that flank Jordi Alba being out is a is a weird thing at the moment yeah, yeah. so we're not sure
1: what to go on with it but the they've rotated flank. those those three in the last couple of games I've noticed they've been much more flexible in like their positioning which is helping Griezmann like yeah. he can't just be stuck out wide all the yeah, time I agree. you're not going to get the best from Well, him. I mean but that's
0: it if they are starting to work that
1: out between yeah. the three of them and let's be frank here it's going to be the three
0: of them that need to work it out together because they're not going to be tactically shaped. Yeah, no. like they are going to be told to play in positions and they're going to have to work it out between yep. them. But if that does start to happen mm-hmm. and Barcelona continue to tick along at quite a nice pace, yep. then you know there's, there's plenty to be gained here.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, again, the power of foresight here. I am blue-skying it a little bit for Griezmann. You have to. But I think, I think it's only fair to do so. I do expect him to figure this out for Barcelona. And yeah, I mean, people are down on him at the moment, but give it a month. If he starts playing well, everyone will forget about this. Everyone, and, and, and he will be right in contention. Okay, who's at number four? So at number four, I've gone with Virgil van Dijk. Aww. I don't think he can slip too far
1: down, but I wonder if... That would be number one. No. <laughs> if, he, if he started wearing aftershave to
0: games.
2: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> this is the key. This is where he's going yeah. wrong. I mean, if he didn't win it last year... I'll tell I'll you what. Like bit, well, yeah. as we know, we, I think we know where he went wrong this year. He said Messi should win it. <laughs> he lost by 0.3%. I genuinely reckon that was, that was his fault. Like, when you, when you know it's that close, and there were, it was, he was on record as saying you should vote for Messi. I,
0: I don't know. I, I think that something you made a point last night to, to, to me was that Messi's late spurt of form... And and the goals he scored within the last month or two, you know, we're not quite sure when the dead the voting deadline is. Yeah, but the goals he scored since coming back from injury for Barcelona might have just swung this in his favour. And you said that before you knew that it was only point three of a percent in it. Yeah, now quite, that that has been revealed, yeah. I think it's even more of a valid point.
2: Yeah, quite quite possibly. I, I, what can Van Dijk now do to, to take this up a notch? I they're mean, win the league. Liverpool are going. Uh, they look like they're going to win the Premier League. They do. So that that helps. Would you bet against them? having a very good chance of defending their European trophy. No, yes. You don't think yeah, I don't you don't think, think they're
0: cut out for that? I don't think they're getting out of the group stage. I genuinely think that Liverpool without Fabinho next week are gonna to lose to Salzburg and, and and get knocked out of the group stage. There's a, there's a hot take for you. What? Yeah, there you go. There's okay. a scorcher. I mean, I'm, I haven't heard anyone else say that. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not. Look, if it doesn't happen, like, I'm not. I don't, I don't hope it happens. I'm not. I hope that Liverpool go on and you know genuinely no, have a it. good chance of defending that. But I do worry about them without Fabinho, a free-scoring Salzburg who have
1: already run them close with Fabinho. No, inside. I mean you've got, you have got a point. I, I, w- I
0: don't think that's out of the realms
1: of possibility. It's yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah, it's it's just, fair. I didn't expect. I didn't expect out. you to yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah, fair, all. Yeah, fair enough.
2: Anyway, I reckon they get you through the group. Fair and enough.
0: They're, they're, they are. The strongest, they are the best team in Europe. If if they do get through the group, they've got a very good chance of winning it because Fabinho yeah. will return. And yeah. Fabinho is the, probably the best defensive midfielder in Europe, right? Yeah, now. probably.
2: I, I mean, so he plays. So Van Dyke plays for probably arguably the best team in Europe. Yeah, um, he's going to win the Premier League trophy. He could win the Champions League, and of course, he has the Euros as well. And the Netherlands, man, oh, in the, in the way that England got completely screwed in that draw. You know, basically, if we win our group, uh, we're going to get Portugal. <laughs> if we <laughs> Come second, I think we're going to get Poland, but then we get France. In so we're, we're get not good. going past the quarterfinals regardless of what happens. It's an absolute nightmare. They're never, they're they're the Netherlands are absolutely laughing. They've got a lovely group and their path through into the into the knockouts, round of 16 and quarterfinals, pretty friendly as well. They They won't have to play a powerhouse until the semis. Now, you could argue that might work against them because they yeah. won't sharpen up, but I just think... They're going to love that. That's going to be great. You don't have to tax yourself too much. So for Van Dijk, it's, again, it's all three on the cards. And, and one feels like it's already in the bank. Now, given he is this, this global icon, this superstar, uh, and given he is so different to the others as well because he is the defender, um, he's kind of got that unique case where, people, where certain people will take a liking to him and certain people will end up voting for him and prioritising him. So that helps as well. So he's definitely a top five contender again, unless his form dramatically tails off. But as we know, he's been brilliant for years, uber consistent. That's
0: never going to happen, is it? Yeah, no, I, I think it's a, it's a very, very fair point. Yep. Who's in at three? Sadio Mane. Okay. If he continues doing what he's doing, which is like a one-man tear... Do you remember when you were, like, the streakiest player in the world and then he did his streak for seven months?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: What a guy. I know. I literally, I mean, what a guy. I mean, this
2: is I think this is what they say when, you know, when you get, with, with experience and age, you get better as a player. You, he's you, class. You cut, you cut those out. I mean, he's overtaken Salah now, that's fair. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Liverpool's MVP of the season, I would say, Mane. Um, the, the late goal heroics, the, like, dragging Liverpool into 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 victorious situations where they, they otherwise didn't look like they were going to be there. He has completely overtaken Salah as as the go-to guy in those situations. Now Salah can obviously rise back into that situation. They can fluctuate. But yeah, if Mane takes takes his first half of the season, takes actually takes 2019 into, into 2020, 2020 mm-hmm. adds a Premier League title to it, this can happen. Like this we're, Sadio Mane is an elite footballer. He is one of the best players in the world now, undisputed
0: and I really didn't think we'd get to this point. I think there's something really interesting in that Sadio Mane reportedly boycotted yesterday's ceremony because he was f- like really angry that he finished fourth. Sort of it's the like almost exact opposite of Van and, and look yeah. Van Dyke. I saw his video where he about... was like,
2: "I'm sorry, my schedule wouldn't allow yeah. it. I've got a game on Wednesday." Like Van Dyke's here, yeah. Alice, <laughs> Allison's here. Yeah, oh, yeah, Allison. Allison. Actually, Allison, he's taken a month off, isn't he? Because he's suspended. But um, I mean, yeah, your colleagues are here. Like
0: it was, um, it did amuse me. But like, I think that that's kind of part of it. You know, like you say, did Van Dyke saying Messi should win this award count against him? Perhaps, you know, the fact that Mane probably fully believes that he is. One of the best two, three players in the world right now, yeah. and would be willing to stand up and be like, "Yeah,
1: yeah. I deserve." I mean, this. the Ronaldo bias just cost him, didn't it? Like, the, the Ronaldo's made the top three undeservedly this time, mm. uh, but he's just always naturally going to get votes from people, regardless of how many games they've actually seen him play for Juventus this season, away from the Champions League. So it, that's this, yeah, that's gone against him.
2: I mean, this this does lead us into my number two, which is Ronaldo. Now. This is and that is because it's what we talk about. It's the star power element yeah. is so unbelievably important in these stakes. Now Ronaldo is of course a global icon, so he doesn't have anything to worry about there. He has that bit in the bag already. He's a bigger icon than than the most, if not all. Um, but he obviously he knows now, or at least if he didn't know before, he he definitely knows now. It's been made very clear that a Serie A crown ain't kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now Messi has won the Ballon d'Or this year on the La Liga crown. Yeah? And this was the risk that Ronaldo was taking moving mm-hmm. away from, you know, UEFA coefficient's strongest league in the world and, and moving away from the big teams like... 11 Ronaldo years a in
0: a row now the Ballon d'Or winner has come from La Liga. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, exactly. And this is... The, and if he didn't understand the risk he was taking then, then he, he really does now because he wasn't at the Ballon d'Or ceremony either because he was collecting his, his, his Serie A award
0: do you, um, Which he may not have deserved either. Interesting. Very, <laughs> very interesting about that. That um, and, and Alex McGovern, our Kel Show expert, came, was telling me yesterday that they've changed the award specifications so that Ronaldo won it. So it used to, the best forward award used to go to the player who scored the most goals in Serie A. Mm-hmm. And now it goes to the person who scored the most goals in Serie A and the cup competitions combined. Really, um, And that's well. I mean, look. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't fact check that, so, uh, <laughs> so I can't. Be, but that's what I was told. And if so, that's a very, very interesting development. And and also the fact that they organised their ceremony last night to win an award, it does reek of let's placate Cristiano because mm, totally. you know it's a uh, it was, it was a bad night for him. They and they him do want And fair play to them because he adds so much star power. He is still an incredibly, incredibly yeah.
1: good footballer. And I think. Well, he hasn't been good this season. We, he has even said himself he doesn't really want to play in the small games anymore. Like he, he's, he's waiting for the second half of the season. He's ladder. He makes the difference. And it's it's in those the Champions League knockout stages that he's going to make his mark. He's going to get Juventus over the line to, to win the Serie A. If they do win Serie A, and they're going to be in the running to win the Champions League. And if they do win the Champions League, pff, maybe he does get it. And what's crucial here again is he spearheads a
2: Portugal side who... As we've discussed, win things not great to watch, but mm. do win stuff. They do, um, and he picks himself up again for Portugal as well. He finds an, an, another
0: level for his country. Also, that Portugal side, the, the, the kind of attacking power that they have in those ranks is just obscene. Yeah. and like you say, you know, they might not win pretty, they might not, you know, look very good on even even though they're so talented on paper, but they just get things done. They do, and they yeah. are a, a quality, quality side. But that is. I mean that is a little
2: bit Ronaldo at the moment, like that almost epitomizes him because he is not necessarily impacting games in the way that he used to he isn 't at his most mobile he isn 't at his most influential, but give it him the, give him the ball three times and I 'll put it in the net twice i e getting it done he, yeah. he he and Portugal are a perfect fit yes, he really. may even be part of the it 's not a problem, but he may be part of that Maybe symptomatic of that. Um, but look, the Stereo crown probably doesn't matter. So Ronaldo needs to win the Champions League or the Euros. Dean keeps telling me that Juve are going to win the Champions League and I think Portugal can win the Euros. So, naturally, so he's in at number two. Naturally, yeah, he's at so number, number one,
1: Kylian Mbappé. Number
2: one
0: is, um, well, Lionel Messi. You think it's a retainer?
2: I don't. I mean, look, this is obviously, as, as we say, this is a bit of guesswork. It's a bit of projection. And I just thought at number one, don't overcomplicate it. Pick the best player in the world, put him in number one, because odds are it'd be pretty good.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's fair enough. Yeah. Do, you know, Argentina have a. Do they have an international? Competition? They've got copper. got the another copper? Copper's Cop- up. Yeah,
2: um, it doesn't even matter though with him, does it? Well, this year has proved that he doesn't need to win the copper to win this to win this award. Uh, but, but in it the, would fa- do, in the I face, I think it would of, do
0: so much to just end the whole. It would probably end the whole conversation. He wins an international trophy.
2: It would, yeah. He wins the
0: Champions League.
2: It's done. It, yeah, perhaps, yeah. But I mean, say for example. Kylian Mbappe and Griezmann win the Euros. That's where Messi. That's where Messi needs to bite back with one of his own international yeah. trophies. So it's not. It's not of the utmost importance, but it could get to that point. It get to it, the line if, yeah. if 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 the if if they start if things start stacking up in that way, then absolutely. I mean, yeah. Don't get too cute with it. He's brilliant. Uh, he's the best player in the world. He's the heartbeat of one of the best sides, who have never, probably, never been more reliant on him than they are right now. Yeah. And uh, and. Interestingly maybe for Argentina is that they actually do seem to be improving a little bit. Um, and that was yeah. You know, I've actually I've done this uh, projection for Euro 20 uh, sorry for the Ballon d'Or 2020. I've done it in a, a 10 format so 10, 10 names for the uh, for the BR website and it's on the app as well so you can go and take a look. And like my 11th place player is Lautaro Martinez. I was so tempted to sneak him into the top 10.
0: Yeah, because he's quality.
2: Cuz he's been unreal and what he's bringing to this Argentina side as well working with Messi it's this kind of low-key brilliant and it yeah, is it has the potential to sneak up into something great in the same way that Bernardo Silva did last year
0: I think Lautaro is such a good shout and I think he's a brilliant outside bet you know like you say if Inter win Serie A and then Argentina do something on an international stage you know he's yeah. absolutely in in the mix absolutely. I know that Dean wants to talk about Killing Mbappe so I'm going to throw it to him now because
1: so I, I had him six you had him yeah. six well I was, I was actually well, playing, before that I was going to say that the the reason, I mean, Messi right now is making Ronaldo look human. Like he just looks like a normal footballer now compared mm. to Messi. Like, which is the first time we've seen that in a long time that Ronaldo doesn't seem to even be in a rival review. He'll him. just turn it on after
0: Christmas, though. Yeah, it? that's the yeah.
1: thing. So it's it's very strange to be in this situation right now. But I don't think this is over yet. I think Ronaldo does bite back. But yeah, Kylian Mbappe hasn't made your top five, and it's my top six. I don't care because <laughs> I think if it's not Messi, it's Mbappé. Like, for, for me, like, he is going to be the best footballer in the world and coming up, so you, you even mentioned it in the Griezmann section, like, if France win the Euro 2020, well, it will probably be because of Mbappé, I would say, rather than Griezmann, who's going to be scoring the goals and, PSG, if they do win the Champions League, yeah, this—I mean, this is it. If PSG the win the Champions League and France
0: win the Euros. Kylian Mbappé wins this award. Yes, full stop. I just think—I think that's more unfeasible. Yeah, yeah so
2: you me. have to—you have to group those things together and. and basically create yeah. a probability and a percentage and Mbappe's PSG plus Euro 2020 felt less likely
0: than Griezmann's Champions League plus Euro and the other thing so I have a question for you in that in that kind of regard because I'm interested where Frankie de Jong sits in your rankings he's not in my
1: top he's 11. not in
2: your
0: top 11 no so the fact is that you've just told me in the Griezmann thing that he could win la liga and the champions league quite reasonably Mm. and then in four at virgil van Dijk. you told me that the netherlands were pretty good shot to win euro 2020 Mm. so for me that leaves the obvious question of well how come frankie de jong isn't there because i think frankie de jong is probably already playing better at barcelona than griezmann is Mm. and i think he's potentially more crucial to the like going forward of this netherlands team and therefore in more people's minds than maybe maybe not a virgil but definitely than than another defender Mm. And therefore, I would argue, surely Frankie has to be in this list because I think he is about to become, you know, a really, really top-level player.
2: I think, I think he is. Yeah, um, I think there is a slight disconnect between how much you like Frankie De Jong and others. I don't. Well, know. I mean, I um, don't know if there no, is because no, like, he just look, came in the top twenty ex- and d'Or. Uh, like he is extremely popular, but like you, like you, you absolutely adore Frankie to the I point do, yeah. to the point where, like, so I run I run down the rest of the list. Like seven, Kevin De Bruyne. Eight, Neymar, nine, Hazard, ten, Lewandowski. Look, you're it's a pick'em between like five very good footballers there. And then you can extend that out and Frankie Frankie enters that conversation. Um I don't think he's quite the big enough name yet to carry yeah. to carry into this list yet based solely on a projection. Um he's also not maybe not the kind of player that tends to win the Ballon d'Or like Modric, yeah, Modric did it and people kind of think what the hell
1: happened now that wouldn't happen with Frankie I don't think it wouldn't be as it would take a lot remiss. of the like game changers to have bad years
2: yeah I think it's uh, it's just a little bit too much of a stretch uh
0: for now if Netherlands won the Euros yeah and Barcelona win the Champions League and La Liga does Frankie de Jong win the Ballon d'Or depends what happens in the coffer
2: Okay, (laughs) I will
0: will take that as a response. (laughs) Right, after the break, we've got loads coming up. We've got a Bundesliga, or a German-themed roulette wheel. We've got melon of the week. And we've got Sam's nonsense rankings. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks. And look what's back. Guess what's back? The roulette wheel. Distinctly German-themed this week, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube. See, the numbers are now written in German. They are indeed. Um, So that's good. Um, Let's get this started. Number four. All right, Dean, this is for you. It says, is Timo
1: Werner overrated? And this is from Joski214 on Twitter. I don't. Think people rate him that highly? Do they? Like i not. I don't. I've never seen him seem to be exaggerated as to be anything beyond what he is actually capable of. I, I mean, he I scores... Th- think of him as think
2: of him in the context of people talk about him as like a 60 million pound potential forward for Liverpool. Yeah.
1: So if you if you if you apply that context to him, do you think he's overrated? 60 million pound? No, I don't think that's overrating him at all. I think um, we just done a thing actually looking back um, at the last month for the Man on Fire Award on BR Football. I nominated Werner uh, for the German Award. Um, He had a hand in 13 goals in November. He was decent. Seven of his own goals, six assists. I mean, a lot of that came in an 8-0 win. But he's still, he's a really good footballer. And I do actually want to see him make the move to the Premier League, which has been touted for so long now, because I want him to shut a few of these people up, to be honest. And I think, like, a move to somewhere like Liverpool is actually a really good fit because I think that... They're looking for somebody versatile, but also realistic, and I think that Werner would fit in really well. And when one of those front three isn't available, I I do think that he could play out wide or through the middle for them. And he could the
2: definitely job. play left wing or striker. For I football. like him wide, absolutely. He's, yeah, he plays what if of Germany. He plays better wide. Yeah, no, whenever I it I him. think
1: this is
0: maybe part of the why people are asking this question because there were times of the World Cup, especially where through the middle he looked really quite tame and yeah. and, a, and a kind of shadow of himself at. Leipzig and yep. when you see things like that you're always a bit concerned because it's like oh maybe he's just you know someone that's able to do it in a domestic league yeah. but everyone was crap in that team. everyone was bad in that team and I think that maybe if you then look at it as how versatile he could be and how good he's been this year but also you know how able how you know good he is in terms of moving left right yep. coming off the flanks you'd have to find somewhere that fits and I think Liverpool is a really good fit for Timo Werner but I think overrated would be harsh
2: yeah, I don't think he's overrated at all. I think um, in that context I think he's he's fine. To be honest, I
1: mean he's not Lewandowski, but Who is? Exactly. Like yeah. that that might be what's doing him harm. If people are comparing him to Lewandowski then yeah that, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no no it's not fair to compare anyone to No, exactly. Right, in striker's in striker form.
0: Number one, right? So I'm going to start with you here because I think this is a good one. Would you rather watch Gladbach or Leverkusen? It's from Extralla Four on Twitter. Right now? Yeah, right now. Right this second.
2: Well, you know, I'm a Gladbach fan since I was what three, four. My father <laughs> grew up in the in Gladbach, Borussia region. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, look, I'm on record as the as a, as a Gladbach drum beater. This season, um, you switched. Obviously, last season Leverkusen were my guys, but now I'm a turncoat. I've gone to Gladbach. Um, I thought huge-
1: Frankfurt were your team last season. <laughs> you too.
2: Well, they're also sort of my team this season because uh, you just kit- put Leverkusen on our radar. I think last because the kits are so nice for Frankfurt, and uh, I've also been to see them twice. But yeah, I mean, look, there aren't many German clubs I dislike, but this this year I'm a Gladbach guy.
0: I think Gladbach are fun and you know obviously top of the league you're, you're looking at a team that are, are playing well and yeah. Marcus Turum is in such good form mm. and he's very very interesting as a, a kind of player and to see someone who goes next because he kind of not exploded from nowhere that would be that would be doing too much of a disrespect to his time in France but he has sort of come from the shadows in in many ways, and and has really you know put himself right up there at the pinnacle of German football, and is playing really really well.
2: Well, you say from it might be hard to say nowhere. He did get relegated with Gangomp yeah. last year, but so he, he,
0: play, he was you know a good player and a bad team.
2: He was yeah, he was he was, um, but he was he was a lot of he was a lot of moldable potential at that point, and that how the, the fact that it's come together so fast is kind of crazy because this was this is a man who. When I first saw him about two and a half years ago, playing for the French uh, youth sides, he was a man who I, th- I saw and I thought, incredible potential, can't control his limbs. Has no idea what he's doing with his limbs. Which you could probably say for Wilfred Zaha, early stage Wilfred Zaha. You could say for Yannick Balassi, You could say for all sorts of You could have said it for Ronaldo in the early years. Yeah, <laughs> and it, 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 it's, yeah, so, it's so, so difficult to tell. It's, in fact, I would argue it's impossible to say definitively whether or not that control will ever come. And how quickly it will come if it does. That's like it's one of the hardest things to work out in a winger. Yeah, so for yeah. this, for this, so for this to accelerate so quickly, especially since last season he was he was relegated to becoming a key player for the, the, the team, top of the Bundesliga. Absolutely
0: amazing. I just want to show Leverkusen a bit of love because I still think Leverkusen is so much fun to watch. Mm. There's so much, again, attacking potential in that side, even losing Julian Brandt. You know, you, you just yeah. have so, like, beller Ilario. Well, it's Moussa Diaby season as well now. Yeah, you know, on top of, you know, the obvious of Kai Havertz. And yeah. I just think that, and Leon Bailey, who, yeah. you know, everyone kind of just forgot about because, yeah. you know, other people sort of... Superseding, but you know, at one point was one of the most sought-after talents. He was in the Europe. original team over Yeah,
1: <laughs> they were, they in terms were... of transfers, like that's the one everyone was talking about. All sorts of Premier League clubs got linked to Leon Bailey. Well, he was they? like or almost Sancho, Sancho,
0: Sancho before Sancho. Yeah, true, Is, is yeah. the kind of one yeah, I true. was
1: always yeah. kind of compared
0: him to. And this last weekend against Bayern Munich, two goals reminds everyone he's boss. He yeah. is so so good, and, and they do still play such like fun football. There's so much like fun to watch. They're so joyous in the way they imagine play. Supporting them, man, it I must mean. be a nightmare because they just don't defend. But, it's a little but a bit like it, Chelsea at the moment. Yeah, but it is great fun, and yes. it, you know, uh, as Future you know, great. I um, I love Kamikaze football, mm-hmm. and 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 thus I will, you know, keep my my Leverkusen thing here. I am a big, big fan of the way that Leverkusen play. Fair enough. Right, should we swing this one more time? Yeah, number twelve, Dean. How would Bayern, Dortmund and Leipzig get on if you
1: drop them in the Premier League instead of the current bottom three? Dortmund would be relegated on this form.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to start with you, Dean, so let's
1: go. No, no, I'm I'm only joking. Um, On current form or like what we're seeing? I think it's probably current form. It's really hard to judge. Um, Okay, well, Bayern have got Lewandowski, so they're straight into the top six at least, and then you're comparing them who's up there in the Premier League, so they still wouldn't be up there with Liverpool. Not sure they would be as high as Leicester either. I'm going to say fourth. I'm going to say they would be competing with Man City for third, possibly. But I'm going to say, yes, I'm going to say Munich fourth. Um, That's fair. Leipzig just outside the top six. And Dortmund halfway. I think, I don't think you'd get them doing any more than that, to be honest. Yeah, I mean it's obviously Dortmund is such a hard one to gauge because yeah. at times they're
0: absolutely electric and uh, you know have one of the best strike forces in the entire world and then yeah. other times they look like they don't know how to play football.
2: Yeah, weird one, isn't it? Um I think I think I'd drop Dortmund a little bit lower. I think they'd be yeah, I think they'd be like around the Arsenal It's tricky though. though. I think it is yeah. really tricky. It's tricky I'm, I'm
1: just looking like, well, thinking, well Man I United are ninth. So like, are they any worse than Man United? Like, I don't think Dortmund are worse than United. No, no, thing. absolutely not. But I would say that they are
2: just as likely to mess things up yeah. as an Arsenal. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I would put, I'd put Dortmund in, in the around kind of like the seventh, eighth territory, which is where Sheffield United and Arsenal are. Yeah. Uh, and the other two are a little bit higher. I think Lewandowski would just transfer to the Premier League so well. So so
1: well that I'm I'm more or less on line with Dino just a little bit lower on, on Dortmund. By the way, we saw Lewandowski last night yep. at the at the door, um in the mix zone. Um one scrubs up very well. Yeah, wow. What, very- what a smart man. Dressed and great Really nice. Like, at first, it looked like he was just going to ignore everyone and just walk through the mix zone without speaking. And then he stopped and started chatting to people. And the Polish people there were delighted because he spent a long time with them chatting. But, like, seemed like genuinely a really nice person. It's, like, such a relief when you see someone like that and you're like... Oh, good. He's a nice bloke. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. We asked the Polish guys as well after, because it was it all took place in Polish. we were like, oh, so what did you talk about? And they were like, oh, you know, we just had a chat about this and that. Like, what's it like to you know to to mingle with all these stars? The respect you show each other. Like, he was just he was just like a happy general to, chat, ha- That's a nice topic. He's just like, was. like, yeah, just you know, happy to come and see Messi. We greet yeah. each other, we respect each other, and it was just very really just good. yeah, it was all very wholesome. Happy.
1: Exactly that. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Feeling good about this. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Dean, let's uh let's
1: transfer all this positivity into some negativity. It's time for Melon of the Week. Now this week's Melon of the Week is Juventus Flop, Emre Ray Chan. <laughs> the man who I said would saw out Arsenal last week. <laughs> and I agreed. Well no, yeah. We agreed with each other, didn't we? Look. He's struggled to get into the team. Um But not only that, he had a fantastic opportunity against Sassuolo at the weekend to really make his mark. So, he hasn't scored a goal this season. Sorry, he made his mark on a poor young lady in the... uh... Well, this is exactly it. So, in the warm-up, smashes one off target and... Smashes a lady's glasses because it whacked her in the face. And uh, she tweeted a picture of her broken glasses inside the stadium and she got a lot of replies to it. It basically went viral in Juventus World. Um, and was she a Juventus fan or a Sassuolo fan? She was Juventus and she was kind of laughing about it. But um, as people do generally laugh at Emre Chan a lot um, at the moment. Anyway, it comes to the game itself. Chan is presented with the moment he can turn his season around. Six, seven minutes into the game against the Swallow. The ball is cut back across the six-yard box. He is in the middle of the six-yard box. He's got the goal gaping. It's a decent pace. There's literally no reason that he should miss this. He doesn't just miss the chance. He misses the ball. It goes through his legs, and the chance is gone. And you see this cutaway a minute later back to him, and he's just kind of like, he's got his hands on his head, He's just like looking around, like, oh, is this swallow me up, like yeah, melon. Swallow melon. me up, melon, melon. Swallow me up. Uh,
2: Very good. You know, I respect Dean as Master of the Melon, Lord of the Melon. Yeah, and you know, I respect the, mon- the, the
0: monarch of the melon. I think is the term.
2: But I actually think there is someone more deserving of melon of oh, the week this week. Oh, <laughs> it's a schism in the melon world. Jesus, seriously, oh. I think there's someone else that deserves this. Not a footballer. It's the Sri Lankan Ballon d'Or journalist, <laughs> Hafiz Marikar.
1: Okay. Did you see? Did He's you not see on my radar. Have you seen his top five? I've heard, the, so I've heard the that. So, for those that don't know,
2: obviously, every, uh, one journalist per country votes in the Ballon d'Or. And like, it's a pretty important vote. They pull it all together, they tally up the points, and someone wins by 0.3%. That really hammers home how important this is. Well, apparently, Hafiz Marikar doesn't appreciate that because his top five were in reverse order. So, in fifth, Ter Stegen, literally not even the best goalkeeper this year. Class, number four, well, Lewandowski. No. I appreciate. I appreciate the sentiment towards goals, but by by modern style by current standards, Lewandowski. I don't
0: mind that. I have yeah. no beef with he Lewandowski at all.
2: Number three, Griezmann. <laughs> nope. Number two, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, <laughs> and number one, what well, best player in the world? Trent Alexander Arnold. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> what? So no Messi, no Van Dyke. Maybe you only watched a few games.
0: What's
2: going what on? What games
1: did he watch? I don't know. I mean, obviously a really good Liverpool Arsenal one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe what's that five? Maybe what's that five all? Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. Which I don't think played in it. I don't think they, played in, played, in it, don't yeah, think they played in it. Maybe he thinks they did. Um I did see a little bit of uh, I, did, I saw this tweeted and I saw a couple of Sri Lankan people reply to it going, "I am ashamed. We are so uh, sorry." I'm from Sri Lanka and I apologize. So, I, I think it's I think he's the man of the week, but oh, uh,
0: Melanarchy or Melanarchy nice. if, if you like okay, I, you know. I, I, I'm going to have to play judge here and I think Sam might
1: have this dude. yeah I mean I'd stick to football so <laughs> what can I say stop playing <laughs>
0: I don't know if you're just, for this week's Nonsense Rankings, just going to read that list out again. <laughs> <laughs> but let's do it. It's time for just the top Sam's Nonsense Rankings. What have you got for us this week, my friend? Yeah,
2: so it's, uh, look, it's 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 France-themed. Just been to France. Uh, this week, Dean and I spent just under 24 hours together in Paris. Mm, very They're, romantic. Very romantic indeed. Uh, Sounds like The Face is a really bad film. <laughs> or a great book. Yeah. Uh, for, during that short but sweet time in Paris, look, I'm always on the hunt for weird for weird things. I'm always I'm always looking, I'm always clocking and I noticed some very strange things. So I'm going to present my three weirdest things about Paris. Right. Uh, number 3, the existence of what I have decided to call smoking tents. <laughs> now they're not called that obviously, but they might as well be. So pretty much every single cafe or restaurant has like a like an extendable outside bit made of plastic it's like a marquee. Yeah. Um, a gazebo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See-through like a gazebo, canopy, basically. Yeah. Um, or something, something from a very strange episode of The Crystal Maze. Uh, this, <laughs> this, is th- this, so look, this is Paris. This is France. I appreciate that, actually, it's part of the culture to sit out on the terraces, to sit outside and to, to drink coffee outside. And obviously, they all like to smoke quite a lot as well, not to get too stereotypical, but the French are smokers, they are. So this is this is a solution. You get to sit outside in the winter... And you get to do those things that you love. But I do think in December, you should probably just admit defeat. I don't really understand why you need to do this. Now, Dean and I tried to sit outside in one of these because we wanted to have our dinner, and it was just too smoky, wasn't it? it Every, was, yeah. Everywhere you look, someone's just has got their hand out with a cigarette, and Dean, Dean was, was just like, I don't want I I to like, like, sit here, I don't want to sit here. we have to here. go indoors. And it, was just, it, was, it just felt a bit futile in the face of a very cold winter. Just, just pack it away until spring. But, but this, like, surely just, it just
0: makes them have more space. Yeah, you can sure. put more people in but the d- restaurant. But do you know
2: what? Me and Dean, we went and sat inside. Only one's there. <laughs> about 15 empty tables (laughs) because you probably were eating
0: at like six o'clock you absolute heathens actually actually, our meal was at uh, about quarter past midnight well well, that's (laughs) also why no that's (laughs) not hang on sorry would you reckon people were sitting outside having a drink and a smoke or having dinner inside at quarter past midnight (laughs) nonsense this is pure we had a
2: little look at three o'clock as well and it was it was was still (laughs) it was
0: still the case or or if we went at eight o'clock at dinner time when you were at the Ballon d'Or you would have probably seen people inside having dinner Move on. The point is... This <laughs> is nonsense. Carry smoking on. Smoking
2: tents, not necessary, just admit defeat. But it does lead us on to at number two, steak and red wine, literally any time. Ballon d'Or was Monday night. Dean and I got out around 11. We're a bit hungry, Walk around the corner. Calvin. Yes, have a full meal. Now, I love it, but it's weird. Like, You couldn't, couldn't do that in England. In England, you couldn't do that on a Saturday night, let alone on Monday. Yeah. You, can't get, you can't get steak no, you The, can't the get restaurant
1: s- we ended up in... It was
2: twenty four seven. Twenty four a normal steak restaurant. restaurant on a mon- open on a Monday night. Absolutely I have no amazing. No idea what you're complaining about. I'm not complaining. I think <laughs> it's weird though. Like coming from that. Coming from. Like, I, like, it's not even that you're getting a kebab. <laughs> you're getting a full-on meal with a knife and
0: fork. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like French. French food is famous for being good. and I mean, like, they, having a nice cuisine. I
2: mean, and, and they are very, into... they are very sophisticated. Yeah, but this, but this, this blew, <laughs> this absolutely blew me away. I, one couple turned up at
1: like one in the morning at spaghetti bolognese.
0: <laughs> When we were in Chicago, me and you went into a pub at the end of our street, and a person ordered a full roast dinner at half two in the morning. I refuse to accept that this is not just any like better than that. That is class. The fact that you can go in and get a spaghetti bolognese at two in the morning, I'm so in for. This is yes It's a yes, 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 yes from me. No,
2: oh, I like that bit. because oh, I, yes I enjoyed it, it. What's but number it was one anyway. Coming from England, was, well, number one is it was dark at eight in the morning. <laughs> we woke up this we woke up this morning and it was dark. Set your clocks back, guys. Uh, okay, but like, they do, don't they? Well, apparently not. I don't no, know. They do. It was still only
0: an hour in front, aren't you in Paris? Woke up at eight. I thought. It, I thought my phone had had like. Just like melted. Yeah. Do you understand how like the the world works? Yes. Like you do realize that in the winter, like the days get shorter. Yeah. And then in the summer, they get longer. Yes. It was pitch black. So, okay, then, yeah, you, yeah. so
2: then you change your clock so that your children could walk to school not in the pitch black. Okay, but then they'd have to walk home from school in the pitch black. It doesn't make but, sense. There's <laughs> enough daylight in yeah. between eight and three for that to work each way. They've <laughs> I don't got. think there is. Their
1: clocks are wrong.
2: No. I woke no, up no, this morning not. at eight in the morning oh and it was God. still night
1: time. Yeah, they shouldn't. Have, they shouldn't be on that time. I actually do agree with him. I, do, I don't see why they haven't changed this they already. change the time zone. Lads, we're 18 days off the last,
0: the shortest day of the year. And, like, <laughs> and you're having an argument about the fact that it's dark in the mornings. Like, I actually physically can't believe we're having this conversation. <laughs> like, this is how time zones work. It was oh. too dark. Anyway. It was too dark at night for Sam. <laughs> it's eight in the morning. It's still the night time. <laughs> you don't wake up till nine. That's the uh, that's the main thing. We'd have key. missed our train, wouldn't we? Yeah. Well, then. Maybe maybe you should have <laughs> I That's the worst nonsense <laughs> rankings ever. All the three of us are
1: absolute it. nonsense. I enjoyed it. Well, Maybe. Should have been there. <laughs> I wish I could have been, my friends.
0: I really do. Well, wow, that is us. All done for this week. <laughs> it's always left me to say thank you very much to Dean Jones. Cheers, man. Thank you very much to Sam Tite. Well done, boys. Thanks. We solved the biggest mystery in football yeah. this week. That is class. Yeah. We've, uh, we've done what we set out to achieve this Give year. us a new challenge, Rank Squad. Yeah. What else do you want us to solve? We need to find something else, yeah. a new mystery for the Rank Squad to solve in 2020. And Definitely. we'll do that. I've been Jack Collins. We hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. Please, do keep sharing the pod with all your friends. Please keep giving us ratings, reviews on iTunes. Text someone you know who might like the pod, share my link, and we will see you next week. Take care, Max. Bro.